1: It's
2: the holiday season. Yeah, starting with a Christmas song. How nice is that? Huh?
1: Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show
2: today. This version of the Armstrong and Getty Show. It's not really the Armstrong and Getty Show. The last show of the year was Friday. And And, uh, as I've stated multiple times because of scheduling vacation issues, thingies, different school schedules, that sort of stuff. Doing several more live shows, but it's not really the full normal Keeping up with the news, Armstrong and Getty show. It's a variety of. We got some guests lined up and a little loosier, goosier approach. I mean, it's like uh, it's 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 like we're it's like we're walking into the Senate hearing room of talk radio with our lover and bending him over Amy Klobuchar's chair and uh, and having some Christmas cheer. That's what it's we're doing. Simple. They love each other. Did you hear that? It was Amy Klobuchar's chair there in the Senate hearing room? Yeah. Remember her? She ran for uh, president a while back. Nice woman from Minnesota. It was her chair that was uh, probably besoiled by the Senate staffers who decided to uh, make sweet love there in the in the in the room and then film it and then put it on uh, Instagram. The guy has apologized. We'll have to get the apology. Well, he hasn't apologized actually. He's spoken out. We'll have to get that on the air for you because that's fairly entertaining. But. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, as they they said on Fox and Friends this morning, if you want to get Amy Klobuchar a Christmas gift, maybe some uh, Clorox wipes. (laughs) Yes, that's what they said on Fox and Friends. A harsh joke, I believe. Uh, It's hilarious that that has happened the week of Christmas. That is (laughs) one of the talks of the uh, town. In more serious developments, um, Texas is going to try to pass some laws about the border to, like, really criminalize crossing from Mexico and coming into their state illegally where they can throw people in jail and that sort of stuff. Now, we've seen this before. We know how this is going to play out. There will be... uh that, that will happen. It'll probably pass overwhelmingly in Texas, if it hasn't already. And uh, then it'll be challenged... Moronically by the federal government who will say you're not allowed to deal with the border. That's our territory. That's what we do, even though they don't do it. And then that'll go into the courts and that'll get locked up. But I think politically... Well, it's a double win for Texas if, if the federal government doesn't challenge them on it, which I think is a low probability, then they can actually do something about the gazillions of people pouring across the border. like Not like it has been the entire time Joe and I have been doing this show, which is a ridiculous number of people pouring across the border, and it ebbs and flows, but just like at a completely different scale now. I got some of the numbers from yesterday. I'll have to look those up. But on a completely different scale now, people pouring across the border. So if the federal government doesn't challenge it, they can actually do something to to maybe slow it down. Um, And then if the federal government does challenge it, which will get a lot of news coverage, uh, the the Biden administration is already polling it like In the teens, the high teens on the border. And now you're just going to the people that are barely paying attention to this are just going to see federal government stops Texas from doing anything about an issue they care about. So it's certainly a win politically. Eagle Pass, Texas. This is the latest from Griff Jenkins of Fox covering it. Eagle Pass, Texas is being overwhelmed with migrants tonight. This is from last night. With more than 4,000 legally crossing today with no end in sight and more than 4,000 already in custody. That was just last night. Bill Malusion of Fox. Video from a contact on the ground in Eagle Pass, Texas right now shows a mass of thousands of migrants waiting to be processed by Border Patrol. And when remember, when they're processed, they're usually, like 90% of the time, they're just let into the country. And then they're going to stay here for the rest of their lives and then bring their family over. Um, Mass of thousands of migrants waiting to be processed by Border Patrol after they cross illegally today. Bill Malusian, who's been covering this for Fox for years, said, I've spent hundreds of days there over the last two and a half years. I've never seen anything like this. It's not slowing down. It's picking up. It's getting more crazy. And so then the federal government's going to step in and make a big, giant, newsy splash by saying, we're suing the state of Texas for attempting to control illegal immigration. So, I'll tell you what, that's a giant political win for Texas, Republicans, and Trump. No doubt about it. I'll say doubt because Joe does not believe in silent letters. He is not here. He's in Europe. Hopefully, he's going to call in today. He sent us some lovely pictures from Vienna, Austria, yesterday. Did you see those, Michael? I did. And, you know, I noticed there was a Burger King and a
3: McDonald's there as well. Which I just, you know, I thought... I wonder if their McDonald's is different or is it the same items or you know?
2: probably different based on my experience of uh of uh foreign travel. Let me look at the picture. I didn't notice a McDonald's and the Burger King. He also sent us just a picture of his plate, like uh where he was eating. Um okay, I'm zooming in here. Yep, there's a McDonalds. All right. And you know, if it's if it's native Austrians that like McDonald's or Burger King or whatever, that's fine, but I've always considered it just a crime if you're an American and you go to a foreign country and you eat at a McDonald's or Burger King. It's just, and I'm not a foodie at all. I'm not at all a big person on go to a restaurant and enjoy the local cuisine or something. But come on. At least try their version of a burger and wherever you are instead of the McDonald's or the Burger King. Although it's kind of fun to see. I remember, I think it was in Mexico City, the McDonald's had onion rings. I thought that was just fantastic. I mean, it was just—it was just—it was mind-blowing. It was just so culturally appropriate. Um, we do need to start the show officially. The FCC rules still apply. Then I got a couple other things to bring you up to speed on. We got uh, Tim Sandifer back today. A lot of you, based on the text line, really loved his appearance yesterday. We got plenty more to talk about with him, including a, a Confederate statue, statue that was taken down at Arlington National Cemetery, and where Tim is on that story. I think you'll find very interesting among other things, but it is Tuesday, December the 19th, my anniversary of the beginning of my radio career. I'll mention that in a second. The year 2023, we are Armstrong and Getty, taking up arms against the sea of troubles, and we approve of this program. Let's begin the show. Let's begin the show to satisfy FCC rules and regulations at
0: mark. The top selling toys this year are Barbie's Dream House and the Barbie Convertible. Mm. Yeah. Also, uh, also not a surprise, the worst-selling toy is Tickle Me Oppenheimer.
4: Oh!
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Barbie's convertible is a big toy this year. So far, it's way more popular than Ken's exploding Tesla. Uh, but you'll you see, you never know. Oh
2: that's not fair. Completely unfair. Tickle Me Oppenheimer, you see. Yeah, December 19th, I remember every single year, always, uh, Gladys, do you play the harp this week? You know, we got a letter from her lawyer. Carpal Tunnel, and she's blaming it on us. During the holidays, I'm told I'm not supposed to bring it up with Gladys on the air. And I'm not supposed to talk. The lawyer said we're not supposed to talk about it. I can't believe she's suing us for Carpal Tunnel right the week of Christmas. I think that's low class, Gladys. I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to say anything. Anyway. Anyway. Thanks for playing the harp. Um, December 19th every year, I'm reminded. Actually, it's December 17th. I got hired for my first radio job, and then I went on the air for the first time getting paid as a full-time radio employee. December 19th uh, as a uh, 20-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old. And um, the reason they hired me was uh, a guy was going to miss the Christmas party because he had to work the late-night shift, and he was really mad and pouting. And so they hired me to fill in so he could go to the Christmas party. And that's how I got my foot in the door. On radio, his pouting. I should his name was Judge Dale Breck on the radio. Judge Dale Breck. Wherever he wherever you are, Judge Dale Breck, thank you very much for pouting about not going to the Christmas party. It changed my entire life. I may never have gotten hired in the radio business if it hadn't been for that. And that was doing the math on that. I don't know if I want to do the math on that. Is that right? Is that even possible? I think that's thirty nine years ago. Good God. How old are you, Katie? Now, you don't need to say your but you're significantly... You're, i was going to say, you don't have to say your age. That's all that's, right. I'm that's okay. inappropriate. Now, I've got Gladys suing me and you suing me. Um, <laughs> So, longer than your entire life, I've been doing full-time radio.
3: my first up, full, Grandpa?
2: Yeah, exactly. My <laughs> first full-time radio job uh, paid $600 a month, and I had to clean the bathrooms. So, it wasn't the best job. And the sales staff there it was their bathroom, and I had to clean it, and they were disgusting. It's like were they blind? Did they not turn the light on when they went in there? Were they even trying to use the toilet? And I would have to clean that bathroom every single night. It was just awful. But you know, you do what you do. You got to do to get into the industry that you want to get into. Um, I'm going to update you. There's a great New York Post piece today about the video that came out of the hearing room there in the Senate, and uh, it's it's pretty funny and well written, and 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 we'll touch on that. The Um, Texas immigration stuff is a serious story. And we're going to have a representative from the Center for Immigration Studies on later to talk about that. Uh, God, we've been through this so many different times where a state, remember Arizona when they had the Minutemen, Texas when they had the flotation barriers just a few months ago, and now this attempt at a law where states have tried to do something about border crossings because the federal government was not doing their job. And in every case, the federal government steps in and sues them and shuts it down, but doesn't pick up the stick and say, we'll take care of this. You have to put up with illegal immigration. Now, maybe that has changed somewhat since illegals started showing up in sanctuary cities like Chicago and New York and Washington, D.C. and Martha's Vineyard. So maybe the politics on that has changed a little bit. I don't know. We'll see but we'll talk to some experts on that a little bit later and a couple other stories we're going to update you on. I hope you can stick around. Oh, I wanted to get this on for you. Tim Sandifer told us yesterday that the worst Christmas song ever was Little Drummer Boy by Justin Bieber. We'll play a little bit of that for you when we come back. If you haven't heard it, it might actually be the worst. Oh, and Joe's going to check in coming up. Cool. Joe Getty, live from somewhere in Europe. Stay tuned.
4: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
0: Dashing through the snow in a one-horse
1: open sleigh. All All right, I got to talk about the lady I sat go. next to
2: last night on a plane. I had to make a little trip. Uh, the drama in real one life. One dilemma one in real life. And you can vote how you would uh, how you would have handled it. But we have a special guest to welcome to the program today. It is the co-host of the Armstrong and Getty host, Joe Getty, live from somewhere in Europe. Joe? Guten tag, meine
5: Kleine Wiener Schnitzels. How are you?
2: Can you hear us? Uh, yes, can you hear me?
5: Yeah, it's like you're... Here.
2: Um, I assume you're spending what you're calling the greatest vacation of your life pouring over the latest New
5: Hampshire polls. Oh, good Lord. That's funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm standing here uh, at the base of an enormous elaborate statue to uh, honoring Kaiser Franz Joseph the first mm. as my wife sips a glass of wine celebrating her birthday in the uh, middle of Vienna. Austria.
2: Cool. And what time of day is it? It's like uh, Friday at two, right?
5: <laughs> exactly. No, it's it's three twenty. Oh, 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 oh. That's funny. That is funny. <laughs> oh boy. Oh hmm. boy. Uh, uh, are, you are, know, it's uh, funny. You, you've got a, a, a air travel story. I witnessed the most horrible thing I have ever seen, heard, or ever will see or hear in an airport on the way here. Okay. I don't know if it's uh, it's a little early on the West Coast for this story. It's truly horrifying. Are you in the mood for horrifying or no? Yeah. I can tell it when I get back. It's a loosey-goosey week we got going here, so go ahead. All right, here's the deal. So uh, Judy and I, having canceled our last three big vacations in a row because of freaking COVID, whether in general or because we had it, uh, decided to splurge like crazy on this one, and we we took business class on the transatlantic flight, which is those seats that, like, slide down into a bed. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Uh, not that I could sleep very well, but... So anyway, uh, we, we settle in, and we notice, all right, one, there's like a toddler intersection who ended up being an angel, best traveler ever, and there's a, ya- a dog in a carrier, uh, and the thing commences uh, yapping. flipping dogs
2: on the planes, wow. Oh,
5: I know. Judy, uh, it's funny. All, all you gals with your purse dogs everywhere, I don't get ya. But anyway, to each their own. Uh, so anyway, but... This dog, I hadn't been aware of the the stortices, um, whisked it away to somewhere. And so it didn't make a peep. The the flight was great. Got to the airport. We get off the plane, you know, shuffling through the terminal, come to the escalator to go up into the main part of the airport. And you hear a dog shrieking, okay, shrieking in pain. And everybody stopped and the escalator stopped. Evidently, this chick decided to let her dog, like, walk up the escalator. Oh, my God. And I'll let you guess the rest. And oh she was screaming, "We're going to need a doctor. Oh we my need God. a doctor." And people are at the bottom of the escalator. Their faces white. Their oh. jaws dropped. And people are saying, "Don't let the children look."
2: Yeah, I was about to say, "Were any kids seeing this?"
5: No, everybody pushed them away. And kids
2: in that. Europe all oh. are at work. That's that, that. Right? The kids the kids work at like age six there in Europe, isn't it? I don't know much about
5: Europe. <laughs> well, if they if they don't, they should. <laughs> it's actually, it's. Uh, Europe is different in interesting ways, which you know I'll talk about when I get home. But um, we're we're walking around drinking wine. It's Christmas time; they have these Christmas markets set up, and everybody's walking around drinking wine and and mulled cider yeah. with alcohol in it. Nobody gives a damn. I know, and everybody's I, behaving. That, that's perfectly that's so. Well. I
2: know that's so. We can't even have Christmas parties at our businesses at private functions. And in Europe, people of all ages just walk around with a glass of wine, and there's no problem.
5: Right, right. And I sent pictures uh, to the crew uh, yesterday of the giant shopping district in Vienna, which is astounding. It's like Union Square in San Francisco times three. Uh, all the stores are open. It's crowded. Nobody's stealing anything. It's There's law. There's order. And I didn't see in your pictures any street people either. <laughs> (laughs) No, you know, there were a couple here and there, but they're very polite, and nobody's, like, hunched over high on Trank and and pooping themselves. (laughs) It's not that I witnessed. Fantastic. (laughs) I shouldn't get negative. I mean, we're having a fantastic time. Vienna's an amazing place. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to spend another day and a half here.
2: I don't know much about Vienna, but aren't some of the greatest musicians of all time from Vienna? Do they have, like, statues to Uh them or what?
5: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the Habsburg Empire was based here, um, and I'm I'm sandwiched between the uh, Natural History Museum and the Museum of Fine Art, essentially culture and fine arts. Uh, astonishing, not only the the inside but the exteriors, because the emperors, this was you know an ego project for them, so right. they're just magnificent.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, God, I would, I would love to hear more about that. And that's going to be great when you come back. You'll have all these stories. I do feel like you're missing out on the latest New Hampshire poll. So uh, <laughs> text me later. <laughs> all right. Well, check back in whenever you can. Will do. Thanks. Cool. Joe from Vienna, Austria. Uh, we got Tim Sander for joining us in a little bit. I want to talk about something that was spurred by that conversation we just had. So stay tuned for Legal Talk.
5: Armstrong and Getty.
0: The
4: Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: So, Joe Getty, half of the Armstrong and Getty shows, uh, on the vacation of a lifetime with his wife Judy, and he just called in from Austria. And um, as a texter said, <laughs> Has Joe seen any kangaroos yet? And I wish I'd asked that question because I was meaning to make that joke. He actually just sent some pictures of this giant statue and uh, the building that I believe used to be the palace. And I texted back, said, yes, I know that building from the book An Evening at the Palace where Frederick the Great challenged Bach about music and religion. It's really an interesting book that I read several years ago. And uh, that brings us to Tim Sandifer, who joins the show again today. Tim, welcome back.
3: I, I'm afraid I'm not in any exotic locale. Right, Just, right. Have, have you heard this news story? I, I read somewhere that that in uh, so many people get off the plane in Austria intending to go to Australia that they have like signs that tell people <laughs> what to do if you meant to go to one and you ended up in the other. Oh my God! How do you have enough money
2: to do world travel?
3: At some point, like, 12 hours into the flight, don't you start wondering? I guess there's nothing you can do at that point except, you know, listen to Bach and try to get into the mood or something. (laughs) That is hilarious. That is hilarious.
2: I really, you know, I don't... I've got a bad... It, it might be a class thing or something. I've got a bad attitude about young people who have traveled the world. I don't know why. It rubs me the wrong way. And it's just envy. It's just... because <laughs> I had never been anywhere or done anything when I was a young I hate person. the
3: laughter of small children. It cuts through me like a knife.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That sort of thing. Well, as just mentioned I started my radio career at, at 19, making $600 a month, cleaning the toilets. I was not backpacking around Europe, taking a gap year. And yeah. I know so many people who have done that or their kids are doing it. And it's just jealousy that it pisses me off.
3: Yeah. Same here. I, I, Italy, uh, I've been to England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales when I was like eight years old because my father had like a month long business trip and I we we all went for and that was really fun. But I was eight. I don't really remember it too clearly. And otherwise, I've never been to, to Europe or anything. And my wife keeps agitating to go to Italy because her family's all Italian and wants she wants to see the, the homeland. But uh I don't know. I, I keep finding excuses to put it off. COVID worked really well, I'm afraid, <laughs> right. at this point. But I,
2: I definitely feel like a lot of the young people I know, I think there's no way. I mean, I just, I know you well enough. You're not getting out of this
3: the worth of having gone there and you are been whatever. Education's wasted on the young, like they say. Uh,
2: it's, it's a lot of like what we were talking about yesterday about the Mona Lisa and how they're going to move it out of the Louvre because people stand in line just so they can get an Instagram oh, shot. Yeah. Their-
3: I, have, I have a friend who actually went to the, the Vatican, went to see the Sistine Chapel. And stood in line for a while and then decided she wanted pizza instead and left and went and got pizza and never saw the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> and I, I keep thinking this up to her and, and harassing her about how she, missed, she she chose pizza over Michelangelo. Right. <laughs> um, the idea that they need
4: to have signs
2: to say, no, no, Australian, Austria, two different places. Which were you intending again? That is <laughs> flipping hilarious. That book I mentioned about Frederick the Great and uh Bach is really interesting. Um Bach was old, the Frederick the Great was young, it was uh in, the enlightenment was taken off, and Frederick the Great was a religion is stupid and superstitious and old, and we need to move away from it. And Bach was a uh you know, very devout. And part of the old world of that, and it, it showed in his music, and, and they got into quite the debate about that through music. It's, it's, it's a fascinating book. Huh? Um, they, I was always more of
3: a handled guy myself than a, than a Bach there, guy.
2: There you, there you go.
3: Now we're turning this into nerd radio, I'm afraid.
2: Um, there's a couple of things I wanted to bring up with you. Luckily, we have time to talk to you about a number of them. Um, but, but but something Joe said there about Austria, and I have I've asked you this question so many times. I always ask lawyers this. Is there anything we can do to get out of our suing everybody, lawyered up mindset that I feel like has ruined so much of just everything we are? And when you're in other countries, you notice that that ain't happening there. You got people... You got 16-year-olds walking around with a glass of wine in the middle of the street in lots of cities and everything's fine. But well, for some reason we got to a place where we've decided that that and I'm not not just about booze. I mean on all kinds of different in all kinds of different right. areas. I remember when I was in Mexico one time, I was uh I, I was uh, as an event where there were some other Americans and I was sitting on this plastic chair and I leaned back and uh and the leg folded in on this cheap crappy plastic chair and I fell over backwards. And a guy says to me, he says, Hey, you're in Mexico, you can't sue because of that, you know. And I thought, that's so interesting that you could in the United States because a chair collapsed at a restaurant. Yeah. But and and we all have that in our head, which is troubling because it's so in the in the the bloodstream of Americans and not as much other places it seems to me. Am I wrong?
3: Okay, so I'll give you the 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 there's two answers to that. The the first one is it would be nice to live in a world where people were less litigious and 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 suing over stupid stuff but there the blame really lies with the juries who keep who find liability for stuff like spilling hot coffee on yourself and and things and that's that's the fault of the juries not not really the fault of the of the system itself. Well, yeah, and, I don't care
2: where the fault lies I just want to fix it and, and yeah, so but here's the second it. thing. Here's
3: okay. the, here's, I'll, stay, I'll I'll be devil's advocate since that's my job and say the, so you fo- you fall over in your chair in Mexico what happens there is you have to bear the cost of that instead of the person who ought to have been responsible for ensuring that you had a safe chair. And what you what looks like less lawsuits in these other countries, what that it just means is that the people who suffer injuries just have to like deal with it. Whereas in America, we have more of a tendency to say, no, that person, that person was harmed and they should be made whole, and so they should have an opportunity to go to court to be made whole. And so that and ideally that results in safer chairs for everybody because the companies say, well, we face this liability if we make crappy chairs. And so the company goes and makes safer chairs. That's the way the system in theory is supposed to work here's how it works people go into a grocery store and throw a gallon of milk on the floor then lay in it
2: and sue for a bunch of money and then the corporation settles because it's cheaper to settle than to fight it and you get rewarded for the behavior so how do you find the sweet spot in this
3: yeah well there were companies i think it was if i remember right it was johnson and johnson used to have this real reputation that they would fight everything they would not settle they would they were they would go to the to the mattresses with you And as a result, they got sued less over the long term. The problem is that the investors, they always want the cheap way out. The the management of the company, they're like, why are we fighting this? It's a $5,000 claim. Why are we spending $100,000 on lawyers? And they don't see the long term benefits of, of refusing to settle. And so you end up with these settling arrangements. And so then it's worth it for people to go in for, you know, $5,000 at a pop and you get these uh, ambulance chasing lawsuits. Yeah, I don't know, because it wasn't always
2: this way. I mean, I'm old enough to know it didn't used to be this way. And uh, like I said,
3: it wasn't in the bloodstream. So you wouldn't have thought of suing somebody. That's it. That's the thing. People wouldn't have thought of it. They would have said, you know, life is hard. You get a few bruises in life. Deal with it. And I, I tend to be on that side myself. But on the other hand, what if when you fell with the chair, what if you had broken your neck, right? What if you had broke, what if you, you know, what, th- what if it had killed you? You know, your, know. <laughs> your head hits the pavement. I mean, that can't happen, uh, sure. So. I think we're better off
2: leaning more toward pay attention when you sit down in a chair right. to see if it's, it's rickety wrong. or not.
3: Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I, th- well, we're clearly in the wrong spot. So I don't know, I don't know if we can get back in the right spot. My, my uh, no, I mean I can't say this. I'm going to say some people I know, it wasn't me at all. Can we edit out the fact that I even said my um, <laughs> some people I know had a kid over to their home recently and they have a trampoline, unbeknownst to their insurance oh. company, because you can't even have a trampoline legally. No. Um, and so they had this kid with their kid for a birthday party jumping on the trampoline. And in my head was if he hits his head, I'm going to get sued. That would not have occurred to my dad <laughs> at all.
3: You know and it's not just the legal system look we've these studies are coming out that are showing that this sort of helicopter parenting attitude is damaging to children's own psychology right, it's making right. it harder for them to deal with the rough and tumble of life that's not that's not good for society in the long run or for these kids
2: no the but, but the fact that it popped into my head as yeah. somebody couldn't be more against this sort of thing and then i'm also aware that whether whether it's uh, cuz i know that uh, this person knows the family very well and they're not exactly the sort of person that that if their kid broke their arm, they would think that's your fault. You know, things like you just said things happen.
3: We, um, we, went, to, we went to this this Christmas event the other day where um, you could pay for a s'mores packet and it was a little Ziploc bag with a, a chocolate and graham crackers, and marshmallow, and then they would hand you a stick to roast your marshmallow and they ran out of sticks, so we had to stand there and wait and this guy comes along and he brings this big box full of sticks, opens it up and they're all these long, maybe four foot long Long, wooden sticks with a sharp point on the end. And I turned to a friend and I said, all I see here is a box of liability.
2: Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I mean, it's not just because you're a lawyer. You think that people make those kind of jokes all the time. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so in our social, social culture. The other question I have about this right after this commercial for my towels with my pillow if you haven't looked into these towels yet, because a lot of towels, you know, they, they feel soft, but they're not actually absorbent, which is really, to me, one of the base jobs of a towel. Uh, the My Towels they've got right now are made with 100% long staple Sherper cotton. This comb ring spun cotton is what makes these towels absorbent and softer than ever. And now you can get a six-piece set for an amazing introductory sale price for as low as $29.98 with the promo code Getty. You get the designer premium line for just $20 more. To find this offer, just go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener's Special Square. Again, enter the promo code GETTY to get 50% savings or call 800-666-1205 for this special offer and many, many more. So the other end of this, and I I would like to see see think we're in one of those situations where, you know, the pendulum goes back and forth and you find the sweet spot, then you go too far the other way. I feel like this one isn't going to swing back, but the other part of it is even if these neighbors of this person I know... They would think, you know, kids break their arms sometimes playing on trampolines. It's not your fault. The insurance company, when they take them to the emergency room, is going to say, how did they break their arm? It broke it on a trampoline. Really? Where was the trampoline? It was my house. So then they're going to sue me to get my insurance to pay for it so they don't have to pay for it. We know that that happens. So is there, and so that makes everybody paranoid. And so everybody can't, nobody can do anything. I have a friend. I won't mention her name. They've been on the show before who will not allow kids to play at their house
3: because of this sort of thing. That's not a society we want. Absolutely, absolutely, and the only solution, well, the legislature could pass a law that would fix these problems, but we know that's not gonna happen in California. Or the other solution is for juries to start saying no to this stuff. And the big problem there, of course, is that reasonable people typically are like, oh, how do I get out of jury duty? How do I avoid right, jury duty? Right. And so you have this problem.
2: I lecture people that on all that all the time, including friends of mine, when they say, you know, how do you get out of jury duty? Or I came up with it. Don't please don't get out. You're a smart person. Yeah. Go be on the jury. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I was talking about last week. I don't remember what chemicals I was looking into for getting rid of my bed bugs and it's approved by the EPA but so is roundup and there are people that have gotten cancer they claim from roundup even though
3: that's not proven that have gotten 70 90 million dollars oh yeah well i just mentioned johnson and johnson they stopped didn't they stop making baby talcum powder in the united states because of a lawsuit where they were found liable for something that they are not liable in fact it does not cause the harm that they were accused of the jury was completely wrong but what are you going to they can't do anything about it so they said fine we quit
2: And so the answer here is that we're not capable of governing ourselves in
3: monarchy now. That's right. We need an emperor to come in and rule with an iron fist because that will fix it all.
2: Uh, We actually have a bunch of things we need to talk about. Oh, by the way, uh, you didn't hear this, hopefully, but Joe, live from Austria, where they have kangaroos and koala bears, um, uh, said a bad word. I'm guessing he's had a few glasses of wine and uh, he dropped an S-bomb. An international S bomb. And we got, we hit the delay button, and so that got covered up. So I don't know how much of our conversation you missed, but that would have been, I think, not only an FCC offense, but some sort of UN charter thing because he was in another country. Uh, A bad word. A swear coming across the Atlantic Ocean is, uh, who knows what can happen. Well, they
3: don't curse in Austria.
2: Right, as everyone knows. Uh, But I have some more questions for Tim and a bunch of different topics to uh, get to, including the bringing down of a Confederate monument, uh, one of those stories again with an interesting twist, so stay with us.
1: Armstrong and Getty
5: The
0: Armstrong and Getty Show. I just hear those sleigh
5: bells jingling, ring, tingling, tingling,
0: too. Some political news, according to a new
2: report, President Biden is increasingly frustrated by his low poll numbers. Yep, Biden looked at his poll numbers like, I don't know what the problem is, and then made his 50th speech about trains.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Took one every day from Delaware to D.C. Come on now. (laughs) But Biden is doing his best to appeal to young voters. Today, he renamed his pacemaker TikTok.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good joke. Um, yeah, the story. Um, I was reading the Mark Halper newsletter today. The story is who leaked the who leaked the fact that Joe Biden and his wife are so worried about the low poll numbers. That's that that's the story. More than the low poll. The low poll numbers are not a surprise to anybody. Who who leaked the fact that they're upset and for what reason? Uh, one of the things keeping his poll up numbers low, well, there's it's polling on Israel that we should talk about later. But the border, in polling incredibly low on the border, how, how would you not be? The federal government, both parties, for the entire time, been doing talk radio as I mentioned yesterday, there have been a number of times where the Republicans and the Democrats have controlled both houses and the presidency and could have done something, but there's always some reason why they can't or won't. And uh and then you wait till you're out of power and then blame the other side for why the border is is what it is. So I was gonna ask you, Tim Sandifer, who joins us on the Armstrong and Getty Show. What the? Am I right or wrong about this? I'll make a statement. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Is the pure libertarian view on the border that you have an open border so people can move around freely, but that would go in conjunction with you don't have much of a welfare state if you're more pure libertarian?
3: Yeah, I think that's probably true, although I guess you could debate what does does pure libertarian mean. Well, Um, of course, I I always bring this up.
2: Do this sometime. Wikipedia... Libertarian and look at the like seventy five different brands of libertarian right. there are. Same for conservatives and liberals. So it's all right, very complex.
3: So and the argument is, ideally, yes, people would would be uh, free to cross into and exit countries just the same way that goods and services. You know, we we buy and sell things, and people should be able to travel and trade and things like that. But. I, I don't think that it is unlibertarian to say that there are legitimate reasons for for limiting who comes into the country. At the at a bare minimum, to prevent the spread of contagious disease, right? I think everybody would agree that that's rational. Uh, to prevent criminals or or known terrorists from entering the country, I think that everybody would agree that that's rational. So I think there are even even hardcore libertarians, and I don't, I think I'm as hard a core as anybody else. To, would say that there are legitimate reasons for restricting travel or, or, or immigration. But the argument that's usually given, which is they're taking our, our jobs, is irrational and wrong. Uh, and why? Well, because, in fact, immigration is good for a free economy. It increases the availability of goods and services. It reduces the costs of everything on the market because it reduces labor costs. And it is only those who who want to prevent free competition for for jobs in order to increase their own income who want to restrict uh, immigration for that rationale.
2: But I I feel like we've skipped a part where you'd have to figure out the right number, wouldn't you? Because you couldn't. A there is th- no
3: right number, th- right? Th- the the market determines
2: that. But, that, determines but that. that, not not in a welfare state. If you can, oh, come, yeah. if you can come to the United States and live off, you
3: can go to the emergency room, send your kid to school, get food somewhere. While that's true, I, we, we have to always remember that, that more Americans are on welfare, and it's the, the, we, if we're going to talk about getting rid of or reducing welfare, that has to be for I'm, native-born Americans I, as I, much I, as anybody I'm, else. I, and I think most of us, or a lot of us, would be perfectly fine with that. I would like to think so, but that doesn't seem to be the rhetoric that I usually hear. Usually, what I hear is let's re- restrict the availability of of services for other people, but not for Americans.
2: I think well, and it's interesting. We uh, talked to somebody from the Center for Immigration Studies yesterday, and I had never heard them say this before. But they're they're uh, pro
3: legal immigration a
2: lot more than I realized.
3: Well, um, and I think a lot of people don't realize how hard legal immigration actually is in this country. It is a true labyrinth. It is a bureaucratic nightmare to legally immigrate into the country.
2: I didn't know, and I've I've told this story many times. Uh, I had a friend who was from Italy, and he was going to go home to see his sick mom once over Thanksgiving, and he couldn't go because he would not have been able to get back in the country. Guy with a Ph.D. in biology. Ugh. I mean, just the sort of person you'd love to have come to this country. And we make it impossible for them. Our immigration system couldn't be worse. Yes. I mean, it'd be almost impossible to come up with a worse system. We'll have to talk more about that and what Texas is hoping to do, although the courts will stop them, and a bunch of other stuff. So stick around. If you miss the segment, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. That's what you search for.
5: Armstrong and Getty. Step into the world of power, loyalty,
0: mortgage LLC NMLS four six one two four nine equal housing lender
5: you know that feeling when you walk into your home take a deep breath and feel new